CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, Brian is summoning the Ravnica Allegiance spoiler, but while he does so, he's <laughs> going to tell a story. Oh, so, like, I was just talking about the fact that, like, my wife and I, you know, we listen to a lot of, like, R&B and, like, stacks, like Otis Redding, Anita P- um, Ann Peebles, Carla, Carla Thomas, that kind of stuff. We have a radio station that we have. And so this artist came up. And we've never heard this song before. We've never heard this woman's voice before. It's clearly, like, this classic funk sound. But, like, the woman's voice is just, like, super sexual. It's, like, really, she's growling. She's really, like, provocative. And it's, like, right up our alley, right? It's, like, the kind of music we really enjoy. We're like, who the fuck is this? And so we look her up. And she, like, it's Betty Davis. Oh, like, she's got Betty Davis eyes. But not anything like Betty Davis. Okay. Uh, B-E-T-T-Y She was married to Miles Davis Her name was Betty Mabry But then she married Miles Davis She cheated on Miles Davis With Jimi Hendrix She dated Robert Palmer And Eric Clapton She named the album Bitches Brew She has this like ridiculous So if She I... has this ridiculous Like three albums that she made Just like on her own Like composing her music But sometimes when she'd need a riff She would just like have her drummer Call up Miles Davis Or yeah. her, like her guitarist Call up Miles Davis And they'd be like Stammering on the phone Phone talking to Miles Davis and Miles Davis would just throw some riff off for them. Yeah? Yeah. Wait, wait. So if I name a deck Bitches Brew, will that be, like, would that make coverage or no? <laughs> What's coverage? <laughs> I thought you were the coverage producer. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I mean, that was obviously a big uh, story this weekend was the lack of coverage at Grand Prix New Jersey. And but some sort don't, of don't worry. We all, we all saw the, the, the story as tweeted by Wizards Roman Maddox <laughs> on Roman Fusco's <laughs> so <laughs> his replies. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it was just in his replies. <laughs> Not like an announcement. He's just like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're like, oh. <laughs> like, if you just went to their stream, you wouldn't be able to read this. You would have to be friends with Roman, and he would have to tell you to turn on tweets and replies. <laughs> That just tweets. Oh, people found it. Uh oh. I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. He he calls me up and he's like, I'm Twitter famous. And I'm like, what? You're talking to someone who's actually Twitter famous, but go on. No, no, he blew up. Oh, no, he did. (laughs) That was a good one, right? Yep. In his neutral ground shirt. Yeah. He's got it. And he begged me. He begged me. He's like, please don't write about your red deck. (laughs) I have a Grand Prix in two weeks. But I'm writing about it. And we'll talk about red when when we get there. Oh, my God. I underrated some of these cards initially. I think everybody... Uh, I think everybody underrated Light Up the Stage. I think... Multiple people were like, yeah, I totally didn't quite see that it was in, you got a whole turn right. on this. So here's the thing. I was just like rando exchanging tweets with Ali Trazi on the way to like going to the PTQ on Saturday. And he's just like, these cards are are badly costed. It's like, this card should end up light up in a black card and then maybe has, like, a red a red spectacle or, so, or like, a black spectacle even as a red card or something like that. It's badly costed. I'm like, cards are fine. Having played in a PTQ with the card, I'm a little worried that it's ruined modern and it ruins it for me because it's less fun for me if I can't play the deck I want to play. And mind you, Mike's doing his best part to keep it fair because, as we will get to at some point, he grotesquely misplayed oh, I to did. keep himself... 
Bro, from advancing in oh, oh, PTQ. Right now, I should be doing my victory lap for my PTQ win because my deck is that much better than everybody else's. <laughs> it lost. Okay, I lost to Death Shadow. <laughs> I have never lost a Death Shadow before. I lost to Death Shadow on a misplay. If only your opponent, if you had some way to turn on Spectacle. Oh, wow. I lightning bolt myself? <laughs> wow. I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, yeah. Wow. Well, we'll get there. I used to have to make someone my apprentice to get them to lightning bolt themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you just did it. Oh, well. All right. Mike, where the hell are we? We are... Uh, we're not we're in, in Waverly and Gay. No, we're at Brookfield Place. So here's the thing. This is like an under... Is this like an underground bunker that will survive a nuclear apocalypse? I hope so. It's attached to the World Trade... That The white futuristic building that you said was like Logan's Run. You're like, yeah. you're going to be, you know... Processed yeah, for processed food. Yeah, processed food. That, that is on the... If I'm not past my expiration. Yet. So that's basically the World Trade Center. That part's called Westfield. And then there's like that long hallway. These all sound like science fiction movies. This is Brookfield Place. This is like a... Let's call it a high-end shopping mall. Sure. Um, it has the... Slash bunker. Yeah, it has the nicest Starbucks on the planet Earth on the other end of the, on the, other end of the Mike, hallway. Mike, I've been to a lot of Starbucks. Okay, well, so in between breaks, we'll, we'll see. And then, like everyone else who's ever said that to me, you'll be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So... Uh, yeah, Roman and I uh, just playtest here when he's okay. in town. Because like, the reason I think you can see is it's relatively quiet, and it's inside. So, like, if like last week... So, if, for example, it was a degree out? Yeah. So, I got sick from podcast <laughs> for hours outside when we did it a few weeks ago. And you're like, oh, hey, let's podcast. I'm like, okay, where? Waverly Gay? No. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll have to do it inside. So, it's a little, it's a little background noisy, uh, dear Canadian listeners. Um... You'll just have to forgive us and enjoy our foray back into the multicolored cards of Ravnica Allegiance. We left on multicolored into, I think it's hybrid? Yeah, we were going to do the hybrid. All right. So we have Footlight Fiend as the first one. So it's like a Rakdos uh, to Devil, 1-1 common. And then when it dies, it deals one damage to any target. Sort of in the Frostling Mod Fanatic category. Oh, yeah. So. But without the ability to actually make that happen without some external factor allowing you to so, kill it. So a, something a, that I think could probably have use in an aristocrat stack. Or but it's like a horrendous fanatical firebrand, right? Sure. But you can cast it for black. You can cast it for black, and you can, you know, again, if you sacrifice it to some other effect. Oh, get double effect. Right, yeah, yeah you, you you then will oh, get so the ability. this is indestructible, and this is like penal, not... Yeah, yeah, penalist okay, pontiff yeah, yeah, yeah. or something sure, like that. Sure. So, so if there, you know, this might be a, a, a nice piece an aristocrat stack of that turns up. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you can tap it, for, tap a black for it on turn one's quite okay. Yeah. Rubble Slinger, two and a hybrid uh, gruel. Uh, human Warrior, two, three with reach. You're gonna, this is like a nice nuts and bolts card, I, I guess, for limited. I don't even play this you card don't? in limited. I've played a lot of gruel. Yeah, I mean, but in a format... I guess I would side it in sometimes. In a format where three twos are the three twos for three, a two, three is the 3-2 reversal. Yeah, am yeah. I right or yeah, am I right? You're right, you're right. It's just like the same, but does less damage, but yeah. doesn't actually trade up. Yeah. Um, Scuttle Gator, four Simic Simic. For a Crab Turtle Crocodile, it's a 6-6 six, six Defender. Oh, but wait. For a mere eight mana, you can adapt three, and as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it, it can attack as if it didn't have Defender. I've actually lost to this card a fair amount in Limited in like, these long, grindy games. Where my opponent's like, this is just the last thing standing. It's like a nine, And you don't nine, deal nine, with right. it sort of as urgently as the other threats that are, you know, attacking you. Well, so here's the thing. A 6-6 six, six for 6 in blue, especially, like in limited, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. 
And then you just turn it's a it serpent on. normally. Yeah, you just get them, right? Yeah. You get them. Okay. Uh, Senate Griffin, two Azorius Azorius. It's a Griffin 3 2 flying when it enters the battlefield, scry one. Nothing has leapt out to you as, by the way, being something you want to jam in a constructed deck. No, yeah, no, don't worry. Right. When we get to the split cards, we'll probably <laughs> find something I can work with. Viscopa Vampire, uh, two Orzov for a 3 1 lifelink. Card's been, you know, medium what so far. Okay. Uh, Bedeck Bedazzle. Bedeck seems uh, pretty sweet. Uh, it's just last gasp, like a last gasp. Yeah, so Bedeck is Rakdos, Rakdos for plus three, minus three. And Bedazzle is four black, red for destroy target, non-basic land. Uh, and it deals two damage to an opponent or planes. And it's an instant. Yeah, so that's pretty solid. Both sides are instant. Because it's, it's an instant. I think that people are going to be signing up for the Bedeck side, though. Because, especially in red... Uh, this is uh, just another lightning strike type card you can use to kill like a goblin chain whirler, but it can also kill indestructible creatures like, you know, a Danto Vanguard because it's plus three oh, minus yeah. three. Also, you know, uh, don't get this wrong, but when you get it right, it's going to be awesome. Uh, if, you're, uh, if your Steamkin has two counters, you can bedeck your Steamkin, give it plus three minus three. Your Steamkin will have three plus one plus one counters on it, so it will survive the bedeck. And it could potentially be giant growth in, which is something that would be pretty cool to get some damage in. However, a lot of the time when you make an attack with a 4-4 Steamkin, second main phase, you take all your counters off. So, you know, <laughs> cast a post-combat experimental frenzy or, uh, you know, a rekindling phoenix. Don't do that <laughs> when you just did that or you will lose the Steamkin. But this card is going to be very valuable for killing indestructible creatures and for... Um, is surprise pump, and it's it's cool because it, it's being black or red. I think the bedazzle side is fine. Like I think the bedazzle side, you're going to find opportunities to use that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so you have to have a deck that's willing to tap for both black and red mana, which is not a which is not a foregone conclusion. Or or, or can incidentally make black mana. Sure, sure. You just have like dragon skull summon yeah, in mono red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I could just see situations where you would want to use that where your opponent's like. You know, got a Hadana's climb deck, or uh, has, you know, some, something just gross, and I you hate want to all those people. Yeah, so I could see, I could see that card being good. Okay, uh, so I, yeah, we think this card's going to be. This card is going to be played. Yeah, uh, Carnival Carnage, uh, instant Carnival deals one damage to target creature or planeswalker, and one damage to that permanent's controller. So it's one Rakdos. Oh, for one Rakdos. Yeah, so we're single mana to deal two damage, right? Uh, split up. Yeah. One, um, one to a creature, and then or planeswalker, and then one to the control. So I can certainly imagine situations where I would play this. However, go to the next side. Yeah, Carnage, two black, red, sorcery. Uh, Carnage deals three damage to target opponent. That player discards two cards. It's a overcosted blightning. Yeah, but a regular cost of blightning wasn't really fun. So <laughs> I think an overcosted blightning. I can tell you, this one has not been fun having it played against me in limited so, so far. I think that this card is going to have a tough time because an overcosted blightning is still overcosted. That said, the fact that you can interact with Lander Warolf, et cetera, on turn one does give this a little bit more oomph. I do think this card will be played sometimes. Um, Brian Hacker used to play like random stupors in his sideboards just for like sure. when he didn't know what else to do. Uh, and I can see this card being kind of like a Brian Hacker super sideboard card. All right. Collision collision Colossus. I thought it was going to be Collision Collusion for a second. Uh, Collision deals six damage to target creature with flying. That's that's one 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 in a gruel. It's an instant. And then Colossus, a card I've lost to Unlimited multiple times already. 
uh, green red for an instant target creature gets plus four plus two and gains trample until end of turn so this card has already seen constructive play in standard uh, in the sideboard of the red rush decks uh, collision is better than fight with fire if your main goal with fight with fire is just to kill Lyra Dawnbringer or Niv-Mizzet this sure. card does it for less mana and at instant speed it's outstanding it can be played also in green decks I think that they're yeah, I mean killing Lyra seems insane yeah for two mana? Yeah, in at a, instant speed. In, imagine you're playing just mono green or something, yeah. and you just got this guy. So, um, but then I think that for decks that are in for collision, but then can tap both red and green, because there might be decks like this, possibly, Colossus is going it's gonna, to it's, it's gonna get some, some folks. You know, a couple things with this card. A, it's going to save your creature during combat when people are foolish enough to use instant speed damage-based removal during combat. We'll save them and give you a trampler. Uh, two mana for four damage conversion ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, I think this card is a uh, top five card in the set. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be played in modern. Wow, okay. For sure. Okay. Um, now, it I brings us to future Mike Flores' bad beat story of the set. Consecrate, consume. This is a card I, I, I totally expect to be like, oh, BDM, I got so greedy. I consecrated his Golgari Grave Troll <laughs> on turn two. Because I wanted to draw a card. Why would I do that? <laughs> but Gosh. I realized if I had just held back yeah. and cast Consume, I would have been able to deal with his Professor Hexproof or whatever it is. Yeah. This just seems like this kind of card with this kind of optionality is the kind of card that you will inevitably so, have like a bad beat story about at some point because you made a decision and then the results so, steered you in a different direction. So I'll just tell you something. I played in a Pro Tour once, and I played against Raphael Levy. I played him against him in a couple of consecutive Pro Tours, and he's just like, and you know, he played a first round bird against me, and I'm like, do you always play birds? Because he played bird against me the previous time. And, you know, I he beat me the previous I beat him this time in this story, right? Yeah. Like, the last time he got me, he got, I got him this time. Because do you always play black-white? <laughs> and so I saw Paul Jordan this past weekend at Grand Prix New Jersey, or whatever they call it now. To me, it's Grand Prix New Jersey. Yeah. Whatever it's called, I saw Paul Jordan. And he's like, let me see your deck. And he watched me play, like, every round. He's just like, wow, Burn's pretty complicated, you know? Yeah. And, and he's just like, well, what happened to you? And I'm like, I just found myself, you know? <laughs> my wife has a friend who is in her 50s. And for the first several decades of her life, she was, like, a mechanic or, like, an engineer in the MTA. Like, a man had a wife. Probably has, like, a an anchor or a heart tattooed in one arm. And... In her 50s, she just found herself to be a very different person than the first however many decades that, that she lived. And this is, she's living her truth as, as this other That's person awesome. now. And I just tried to explain to him, I know that you think of me <laughs> as somebody who casts a Civic Wayfinder or an Old Master. Or you know, a Consecrate Consume. Or, but I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Exile took a card from your graveyard. I am. Draw a card. I'm lightning striking the face. <laughs> And I'm never looking back. All right, we're not even going to talk about this card then. That card is awesome. This is a <laughs> highly playable card. For those of you who are in the market to, you know, to play more than four turns, <laughs> uh, Consecrate is one in an Orzov. Exile target card from a graveyard and draw a card. It's an instant, which gives you um, opportunities to do some stuff. Yeah, this card's super cool. Like, you can just play this in a blue-white deck as, like, an extra kind of crappy life gain card, but also can slow down... A, uh, a search for Escanta and slow down or take out uh, a Drake of some kind. It's it, you know it's obviously not a 
great conversion of mana to um, uh, to uh, to efficacy, but it does something and it has that draw card line on it. Um, and then consume is two black white, so four total for a sorcery target player, probably the opponent, sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. You gain life equal to its power. Gotta be the best direct answer to Carnage Tyrant for standard oh God, we have yes. ever seen. Uh, you can't really miss, right? No, no, no. I mean, unless they have a bigger card. Yeah, yeah, like, I want that hex proof is a thing that you can yeah. plausibly when say. When they make their turn three Carnage Tyrant off of their elf in standard. Yeah, and you can gain seven or whatever. This <laughs> card is going to be awesome for multiple things. Killing Carnage Tyrants and, um, you know, bad beat stories for me, I guess. <laughs> um, depose, deploy. One Azorius... Instant tap target creature draw a card. So this is basically ice. It's like except so not re- it's only creatures. It's like half an Alexander Hain. Well, like, okay, let's be clear. One quarter of an Alexander Hain. But like, if you multiply it times four, let's say you draw four copies, you would probably win the Pro Tour. If you tapped a creature four times, Alexander Hain did. Oh, okay, that's fair. Uh, deploy two white blue instant. Create two one one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens flying. Then gain life. One life for each creature you control. It's kind of cool. It's an instant. And it's an instant. Yeah, You've got a lot sweet. of creatures. You can just instantaneously gain a lot of life. Uh, this is obviously pretty cool with, you know, perhaps certain planeswalkers who uh, are incentivizing people to attack with thopters in order to gain loyalty, etc. Yeah, you play at the end of the turn on tap, play Dovin Bond. Yeah. I think, it's a, I think it's a potentially a solid. I like this card. Uh, incubation Incongruity. So this is uh, for a Simic. You can look at the top five cards of your library, reveal a creature card, put it in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. That's a sorcery. So only creature, right? Yeah, so not creature is, or land. Yeah, it's like not a commune with nature, not an ancient stirring. Not a commune with dinosaurs. Yeah, so I think that there's a point where you're like, all right, some of these cards were too good. I mean, this card is just not good enough. Uh, maybe if we combine it with incongruity. Yeah, well, I mean, what if we attach it to Beast Within? Well, sort of Beast Within. So this is one green-blue for an instant exile target creature. That creature's controller creates a 3-3 green flog, frog lizard creature token. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this card either. Yeah. Like, the thing about Beast Within is that it hit permanence. Yeah. And so, you know, like, you could cash in their Planeswalker for a, a Beast token or whatever, like, that was fine. Yeah. This is this is a little rougher. It I mean, exiles. Yeah, um, it's kind of nice. Eh. But, yeah. I mean, you mean just, like, the fallback plan for having crappy uh, front side, terrible ancient stirrings? I mean, yeah. I eh. Eh. Not into it. Repudiate, replicate. Repudiate is Simic Simic. Counter-target activated or triggered ability. So that's, uh, you know, kind of cool. I, I, for that casting cost, I would expect to draw a card, so it seems yeah. like they're shortchanging me a little, little bit. Little, you have a shadow of a doubt about this card? Yeah, a little, you know, interdiction yeah. would be a little bit better than this, but... Mm. But, and then replicate, and that's an instant, and then replicate is one green-blue for a sorcery. Create a, token of tar- a, create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly you could be getting a savings anytime you're creating a copy of a, of a creature that costs more than three, right? So... I can see playing this. Sure. I mean, are there times that you just want to do the Simic Simic kind of counter-target ability thing? 
Yeah, I guess. Ultimate Planeswalker. Yeah, Ultimate Planeswalker is pretty sweet. Uh, Cracking and Evolving Wilds. I love it, and I mean, (laughs) like, you got to be dialed in. (laughs) But your eye is in the middle of that bullseye. What about, about, like, activating, like, uh, you know, in combat somewhat? I think... What is it? The Growth Tree Guardian or whatever that guy's called. Well, that guy's cool. That guy's cool. Like someone, you could see someone being like, okay, we're going to trade or they're going to pump this and you, you just get them. The problem with that versus like an Evolving Wilds is like when you get them on the, I mean, you get them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get oh, them yeah. on. Oh, no. You get them. Oh, no. It's like when you manatee the Jason Mind Sculptor in Magic Online Cube, you know that person deleted their account after yeah, you were done. You got him, right? You, know? you got him. But if you just like, you know, do that to a guy that you're like, all right, so I still have no plus one plus one counters. Yeah. Well, you're doing right. it. You're doing it mid combat. Activate it again. <laughs> well, probably not as exciting to do it yeah. there. So, all right, revival. Revenge. Revenge. Revival is Orzov Orzov for a sorcery. Return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's pretty cool. In part because it can be cast for white white. So this right. this ability is pretty strong. I think. So what do you like returning here? A Johnny's uh, Pride Mate? It, so it depends, right? Like what Adopto's color, Vanguard? Depends what color my deck is, right? Like in a white weenie deck, nothing. There's nothing that I want. Oh, maybe Benalish Marshall. Benalish Marshall right? seems great. So, uh, but in maybe a green-white deck, I might get like a Jade Light Ranger or an Angel maybe. Sure. You get like a 3-3. Three, three, or in a black-green deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, but that's different. In a, yeah. Like a, the... The black options for reanimation are always more interesting. I mean, getting back a wild growth walker always seems like a great thing to do in a black green deck, oh, wow. too. Don't talk about that too loudly. Shush. I don't need people playing wild growth walker. And what about what if they started playing it in modern? Oh my gosh, you're terrible. Would they? I don't know. I just want to. I just want to love a str- you know lightning strike face. <laughs> and like, why are you saying this? Like, for I don't think so. I don't think explorers are good enough for modern. <laughs> so like, they can have the wild growth walker, and I will just you know fatal push it or whatever. Okay. And yeah, attack probably. with my guys. I know. I just want to see your face when your opponent's like, Wild Growth Walker, go. Yeah, I would hate them. <laughs> like, they're, I'm going to make them delete their life account. Uh, so, the, <laughs> so the other half of this, by the way, speaking of deleting your life, is Revenge. revenge. It's four white black sorcery, double your life total. Target opponent loses half their life total, round it up. Like, that's like a lot of math, I think. Yeah. So you could get, like, a lot of return, or you could get, like, not very much return, depending on how the game's going. Yeah. Um, thrash Threat. So this is um, uh, Gruel Gruel for an instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. So they don't fight. You just, yeah. like... You sucker punch it. Yeah, like, there's just, like, a grandma on a wheelchair at the top of uh, the stairs, and you just kick the wheelchair, right? But you get to hit a planeswalker yeah. with this. Dude, that's, this card's actually pretty exciting, right? People are playing, like, other cards similar to this But depends on the color combination, right? So a red, or just a deck that has, like, a lot of red access could probably just shoot a creature or just blow up a planeswalker, like, with direct damage. But a green deck might really like this, or, like, yeah. a, or a two-color deck might really like this. Yeah, I, I think this card seems sweet. Uh, and threat is uh, two green, red, 
for a sorcery, create a 4-4 red and green beast creature token with trample. I'm in. I mean, there was a time in my flashback, life... Flashback, uh... When, uh... You flashback a call to her. This is better. Four, four casting costs to get a 4-4. That was just what we used a card on, and it damaged <laughs> you. Like, it, was, it wasn't friendly. Urnumjin was, like, the best offensive creature in standard at one point. When, when my, at the time of my first pro tour, Urnumjin was the best offensive creature in standard. I would I would slam Thrash in a cube. Like, yeah. The ability to kill a Planeswalker with my just dumb fatty, you know, you're like... I, I, I mean, know. I also like this card, but I wouldn't have a dumb fatty. Like, the biggest creature in my deck would probably like a 2-1 haste, but sure. In your, in your green deck? We're, we're not talking the same language. Yeah. I mean, wait, so wait, let me ask you. I mean, like on a lot of these cards, too, where do you think this finds a home? Or it's a gruel card, but do you think this finds a home more in green decks or red decks? So, um, I think that there are a number of cards that are going to find homes in red decks that are splashing green. Like, I think that there is a, a substantial incentive to want to play decks that have, like, cinder vines. Uh, the forecast... There's, the forecast across Domri seems unreal to me. Like, if you get that out, like, ahead of time, then you're, you're just, like, hurling six drops on turn four or something. That's that's dumb. And then, um, and they're, like, hasted and rioty and whatever. Uh, and then there's the new fires of Yavimaya. That's pretty powerful. So I think those tend to be, I think, mostly green or, like, medium, half green, half red decks. But I do think that there's going to be a whole school of red decks that their splash color is green. Like, they've just got, like, eight green lands because they're more or less free so that they could just get, you know, a little bit extra action out of their sideboard cards. Like, I think that, like, Collision Colossus is probably a better example of one of those cards than than this one, but I could certainly see somebody playing this to kill to kill Planeswalkers, and sometimes they just have a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Yeah, worst-case scenario. Uh, Warrant, you know, sometimes you attack with your Shimmy Spirit Guide. Right, that's kind of the mood that this card is in, right? It's I have like, never done that, and I'm sure sometimes you do. I've seen it happen. It's happened. Yeah. Have I you ever swear. had somebody have, like, three braids in play against you? No, that doesn't seem possible. Shula told me he saw that on the Pro Tour once, and he's just like, that's, like, at the X and 2 table. Like, we don't... Like, <laughs> Shuler's, Shuler's never made up anything, I, has How did neither player notice this, right? Like, how do you have three braids in play? Um... Warrant Warden is Warden is the last card in the in the hybrid split card category. Uh, Warrant is Azorius Azorius for put a target attacking attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library. Or Warden is three white blue create a four four white and blue Sphinx creature token with flying and vigilance. So it's just Sarah Angel. Yeah, well it's like Sarah Sphinx, right? Sure, but I mean, yes, but I'm saying it's just a Sarah's Angel. Yeah, that's Sarah's crazy. Angel. And the other half is even better and it can be played like in Boros <laughs> do yeah. you, you like do you like this uh, I think this card's pretty cool like the thing is like I look at a card like this and I'm like there are totally times in my life where I've just been like what a great card to play like the first half is so fast you know it can also deal with like indestructibles like so if you think about it like somebody's playing with Adanto Vanguard, for example, yeah. which is a difficult creature to deal with. This just deals with the Adanto Vanguard in play. And then, you know, they replay the Adanto Vanguard, and a few turns later, you just play the other side, and that always deals with the Adanto Vanguard. <laughs> he's, just, he's just sorted, as our British friends might say. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, like, it just depends on how the decks evolve. If we have straight blue-white decks, I can see this card being played. If it's blue-white-red or blue-white-black still... Probably not. I mean, I could see the Jeskai decks using this. I see this card being pretty sweet. But you think it's better than Justice Strike in the main deck? 
It's not better than Lava Coil, right? No. But, like, you know, they're not really in the market for a 5 casting cost 4-4. It's sorcery speed. If we're at instant speed, I'd be, like, well, in. Yeah. But... So we're gonna do, we're gonna also talk artifacts and lands. Artifacts here. and lands, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Alright, artifacts. Not a ton of these. I mean a bunch of them are lockets, so Azorius Locket. I mean, stop me if for some reason you think a locket is playable in some uh, constructed format here, but I, I mean, don't think so. I mean people barely play lockets and limited, right? Right, exactly. <coughs> um, Gate Colossus. This card has been huge uh, over the last week in limited. The gates are not being drafted appropriately by the bots on Arena. So you can get... I mean, if you really... Like, I've had drafts where I've had three unplayed cards in my deck, in my sideboard. Yeah. Where I've just had all gates, and then all gates matters, or draw a card, or shuffle your graveyard into your library, or... Okay, so Gate Colossus is eight for an eight-eight. But he also has the ability... This spell costs one less to cast for each gate you control. So it could be as as cheap as negative mana. Yeah, like you're yeah. just getting mana. He just, he's just metamorphosed. Yeah, to, to, to play Gate Colossus. Gate Colossus... It doesn't say it can't be less than zero. That's all I'm saying. Can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Nobody blocks, so that line doesn't matter. Right, right. But the next line does. Whenever a gate enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a gate... A Colossus from your graveyard on top of your library. So this is like an inevitable threat it, in the gate deck. It is it is insanely difficult to deal with a limited. It's an uncommon, like, you know, it's a reason to be to draft a lot of gates. But I've actually seen people playing this card in standard already, right? Like we've I, seen like a version of the Wilderness Reclamation deck card we talked about last time uh, already just well they're like, well, you know what's good with that? Gates. Right? Like, oh, I've got my guild summit. I'll play my guild, guild summit. I'll tap four gates. I'll draw four cards. I'll untap all my lands now. Right? Like, um, and Gate Colossus is just a super efficient card in a deck. You know, four mana, eight, eight, essentially, in that deck. It's weird that they have to make the red deck even faster in standard. That's the only solution. It's not um, fast enough. I don't know. I think this card. I think you know this card will be like a fringe player in uh, standard. I would rate it as around. playable and constructive. Yeah. Um, Glass of the Guilt Pact, two, artifact for multi creature, multi colored creatures you control get plus one plus one. So this is a colorless handsome effect. Yeah, it's cool and it's uh, not legendary. Yeah. So you could play four copies in play. Yeah. And um, if you just got all multicolored creatures. We didn't do white yet, right? No. Huge incentive to play multicolored cards in standard, so uh, this could be a cool card. If you're into Crusades, right? So I've, I've never really been into Crusades. I've liked a bad moon occasionally, but I've never <laughs> really been into Crusades. So how do you feel about Crusades? Uh, not, not a huge fan, but, I mean, I like them in cube. It's one-sided, though, right? So, yes. Like, traditional Crusade. And we've seen every time there's a card like this, so your flying creatures get plus one, plus one, or some, you know, some white creatures do something, or some type of, you know, uh, boost effect across your team. Someone finds a way, it becomes a fringe playable card in standard around it, right? You're going to see people playing this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. Cool locket is a locket. Junk trawler. So. Chris Manning's favorite card. Junk trawler, huh? Yeah. All right. It's a reprint. I've, uh, I've played a lot of these in Limited already. They're 0-6 for 4. 0-6 for 4. I've had a high alert deck. 
Hylerks, the, the card that sort of Dorans. Okay. So they're 6-6s six for four, which is nice. Uh, Pseudo-Vigilant with the High Alert. But honestly, I just I actually just played this like in these like kind of really super grindy gate decks, and just like I just keep cycling my deck back into my library and shuffling my library and doing all sorts of stuff and just really kind of like how to keep an idiot busy kind of decks in limited. Even before I knew you, I knew about how to keep an idiot busy. So did I. So uh, Orzov Locket is a locket. Rakdos Locket is a locket. Oh, Mike. Oh, wait. Mike, it's one of your ex-girlfriends. Might have to wake up up Michael J. 2004 on this one. Scrabbling Claws, one for an artifact. Tap target player exiles a card from their graveyard. And then one comma, sacrifice Scrabbling Claws, exile target card from a graveyard, draw a card. I feel like we've played a lot of this card, Mike. Too much, probably. Probably too much. I was on, the first time I was on a Pro Tour Super Team, like, I just remember some Grand Prix top, multiple Grand Prix top eight competitor being like, Mike ruins testing. Well, why did I ruin testing? Because I beat you? He is playing Scrabbling Claws in his main deck. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I killed your stupid graveyard deck. So we didn't have a graveyard deck for that Pro Tour. We didn't even develop... People were like, oh, let's try these new cards, like Stinkweed and Golgari Grifo. I'm like, I easily beat that with my Phantom Centaur deck. Let's not... Like, I mean, I beat him, like, four times in a row. Let's, like, not even explore this stupid <laughs> idea. Phantom Centaur main deck scrabbling oh, yeah, claws yeah. deck. That deck had two main deck scrabbling claws. It had, like, some swords. It had Phantom Centaur. It had Troll Ascetic. It had some elves and stuff. And it had scrabbling claws. Yeah, I had two main deck scrabbling claws. Yeah. Like you, uh, hard, hard worth keeping an eye out in standard if something, you know, comes up graveyardy. Why wouldn't you have two main deck scrabbling yeah. claws? Also, I had main deck Phantom Centaur. What do you think that did to the people who were quote testing Psychotog end quote? <laughs> exactly. Would you Would you play this against like a Phoenix deck? I have made multiple decks in this format already that had two main deck scrabbling claws. No comment. <laughs> Will I continue to play my next grappling clause? Probably. The only question is, is it better or worse than that, than that card that you said I was going to bad beat story on? <laughs> because I, in fact, had a deck I made last week that had main deck scrabbling claws, that card for killing Carnage Tyrants, and then also Ethereal Absolution, which also kills graveyards. You mean Professor Hexproof? Um, That's Carnage Tyrant. Yeah, so <laughs> I had all those cards in my main deck, and then I was just like, I'm, I don't even need to test the red matchup because I have Basilica Belhaunt, so I'm always going to beat red. Turns out this deck with six drops and Scrabble and Claws main deck does not always beat the red Interesting. deck. Interesting. <laughs> like, sometimes you just draw a bunch of expensive cards that destroy graveyard cards, and the red deck runs you over with Flame of Keld. Nothing like the worst of one format. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, will we continue to play these cards? Yes. Yeah. Will we continue to celebrate their existence and, and give them a home and standard? Yes. Will they all be played in the same deck? Probably still yes. <laughs> um, segues nicely into Screaming Shield. Law. One uh, artifact equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus O plus three and has two tap. Target player puts top three cards in the library to their graveyard. Equip three. This is Andrew Cuneo's favorite win condition in this limited format. Yeah? Yeah, that's all you need to know. I mean, it, it gives you some defense. 
And then you go. And then you just mail your opponent out. Do you have to yell when you tap the? I think you do. I think you do. All right, semi-clocket. There's nothing. a lot of guild lockets. In nothing. Yes, yeah, five of them. Nothing to talk about. Um, Sphinx of the Guild Pack. Seven for a five. Wait, so five. this card is seven. It's just seven. It's an artifact, but it's, it's also like, all colors. Yeah, because its frame is weird. Yeah, looking. Sphinx of the Guild Pack is all colors, flying, and then it has hexproof, hexproof for monocolor. Not protection for monocolor. Like you could block this with a yeah. Lyra. And that wouldn't matter. Well, no, the Lyra would destroy it in battle, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm just saying. Like, it's not, but you couldn't, like, this most decidedly does not die to Doomblade. It's the only one. Yeah, it just, that was, it just, this might be the best magic card of all time, Mike. It doesn't die to Doomblade. But what if they have Detection Tower? I don't know. <laughs> what if Detection Dies. Tower said, <laughs> dies to Doomblade and Detection Tower? What if, the, what if Detection Tower said target creature loses hex free? Like, what if that's what it said? Lol. Right? Like, what if it's literally said, like, tap, target creature loses hex free? That would be sad. I love it. Yeah. Like, what? And there was, like, no no additional text, like, no errata. Like, just no one, everyone was just, like, on a company wide that week in play, in play design. Like, Devil's in Greece or something, right? Yeah. So, like, so the, the net net is just like, no, it just goes to print with, like, Tap for a colorless, also just tap target creature loses hexproof. Maybe you want your creature to lose hexproof. I don't know. So, I think that we should do, like, a petition to get such a card printed. It's It only makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, if, if there's anything we're known for on our podcast, in fact, it's making sense. Right? Literally sense. Literally. <laughs> okay. Tome uh, of the Guild Pact... So it's a five mana mana rock. Uh, you know, it adds one mana of any color. But it also says, whenever you cast a multicolored spell, draw a card. So if you're, like, manamorphosing, you're drawing, like, a lot of cards. If this is Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you'd have to get this in play, which is yeah. probably not something that deck's super interested in doing. Yeah, probably not. But So yeah. artifacts... I, I mean, a pretty sweet commander card, honestly. Artifacts that are cool. Scrabbling Scrabbling Claws is, I think, at the top of the heap. I guess on Gate Colossus. Gate Colossus. But you know what? Scrabbling Claws can kick the bejesus out of Gate Colossus. Like, Gate Colossus is like, yo, I'm in the graveyard. I'm coming back, yo. And the Scrabbling Claws is like, no, no. How did this get into the graveyard? How exactly did your deck get it into the graveyard? Two words. Screaming Shield. (laughs) Come on, Brian. (laughs) This is the artifact section of I'm Ravnica sorry. Allegiance. It's like you're not even that. paying attention. All right, so uh, talk through lands. If there's something that jumps out at you from the reprinted Shocklands, so let's, let's talk about it right now. We start with the Shocklands and Guildgates, right? Right, Blood Crypt, Breeding Pool, um, Gateway Plaza, which is a reprint from the last set. Um, so for limited, ga- right? Yeah, for yeah. limited. Uh, Godless Shrine, uh, Gruel Guildgate, uh, Hollow Fountain, Orzhov Guildgate. Here's a card that's interesting, Plaza of Harmony. Um, new card. It's a new card. When it enters the battlefield, if you control two or more gates, you gain three life. Um, and then it has, you know, tap to add, uh, colorless. actually, colorless. And then tap to add one mana of any type that a gate you control could produce. That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, we've seen the, the, the lands that gain you life 
Uh, and this, this enters into play untapped. So. Yeah. But we've seen these lands that, that gain you a little, like the Radiant Fountains I, and things like that have been the pretty good The first and only time I played Radiant Fountain, I qualified for the Pro Tour in yeah. 2015. Yeah. yeah. Like, those cards have found a home. I mean, this is this asks a lot of you, right? Because this, by the way, is not in and of itself a gate. So imagine you had a deck that was like 28 lands, 14 gates, 14 not gates. Sounds like perfect mana. The fact that you probably also have to devote some slots to, like, circuitous routes, etc., yeah. might be problematic. But that deck would, you know... Is there Explore? Oh, there is Explore. There's two Explores. Yeah, there's, there's not really two Explores. There's only one Explore, yeah. but it has two colors. There's also... I mean, there's also Wilderness Reclamation, which, you know, and again, in the gate deck, circuitous routes with Wilderness Reclamation seems great. You know, we've already seen, like, if you were watching some of the early streams, Andrew Cuneo was streaming Grow From the Ashes with Wilderness Reclamation, which seemed great. But I got to tell you, you know, going and get two gates and untapping everything and then having six or seven mana that turn seems terrific. So, I don't know. I, I think I like this, this card, card seems pretty good. Yeah, I think it's going to seem like right, more, Raptor's Guild more Gate, gates, Simic more... Guild Gate, and Stomper Nothing. Band. Okay. So that so was the only new land. What's good? Um, I, with some of my ticks that I got for, for, when I say doing well, I came in dead last in the PTQ at four and one. Yeah. Um, I, I got some breeding pools. I don't know yeah. if I owned any. I probably owned four, so it's probably stupid. Those are probably mine. Probably. I just assume I own all the breeding pools. All the breeding pools on Earth? Yeah. Yeah. They're all mine. I feel like some sort of proprietorship of them. Well. Uh, Although, it's not my favorite not my favorite blue-green land. What's your favorite blue-green land? Strictly worse, Yavamaya Coast. It's not strictly worse. But, but only because I like saying Yavamaya Coastal Elite. <laughs> I have a lot of Yavamaya Coast, like more than anyone needs. I have like, a lot of white-bordered Yavamaya Coast. I have like a lot of German Yavamaya Coast. Of course you do. I have like weird cards. I don't always get them on purpose, but if they're available, I will get them on, <laughs> if they're available. <laughs> so like... I didn't own any Bump in the Night, right? So I bought some Bump in the Nights when I got to the Grand Prix, and, like, face-to-face only had foil Bump in the Nights. Buy your Magic the Other cards from face-to-face yeah. games. And they only had two. Yeah. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? I eventually got some other Bump in the Nights. Yeah. But I was just like, yo, two of my Bump in the Nights are going to be foil. Well, what did you see from the Dual Lands over the weekend? It, I mean, I only played modern. But like, but I mean, you looked at some of the like SCG stuff, or no, nah, not really, not at okay. all. I, so, Friday, I went to the tournament. I played modern. I played three rounds of modern. I played against uh, Scape Shift. I lost. I played against Tooth and Nail. I won, and then I played against uh, Burn Mirror. I won. I did not have a chance to look at any of the tournament. You know, the tournament was yeah. over at like close to 10, yeah. right? So just left the, field, the, the, the tournament site. Saturday, um, I played in a modern tournament and then watched another modern tournament that was going on at the same time. So there was like a, just a regular modern tournament that was like about a half hour time displaced from my tournament. So some of my friends are playing in. So I just go over to their tournament and watch it. I watched people play Mono Red Phoenix, Death Shadow, uh, Burn, Red White Burn. In the PTQ, I played against Infect. I won Red White Burn. I won Jund. I beat three, count them, three uh, a scavenging ooze in game one and a Kalidus. 
Three scavengers and a Cletus I beat in game one. His Tarmogoyf was played on turn two, never attacked, never blocked the entire game. <laughs> he had a poor five Tarmogoyf on turn two, never attacked, never blocked. It sounds like a bad Yelp review for a date. What? Three scavenging ooze and a Kalidus. Yeah, so he played three freaking scavenging ooze. I beat three scavenging ooze in game one. Uh, I won the match. Um, and round four, I lost to Death Shadow. Round five, I beat Death Shadow. Okay. That's the extent of my purview of the tournament. I think I think that means when we come back, we should talk about red cards. Yes. Because uh, you, you have a lot of practical experience with them. So. Too much. Yeah, so new cards, meaningful in multiple formats. If I had played a spectacle card before uh, Friday night, I definitely would have made top eight. That's actually just definite. Um, All right. And maybe I would have been qualified the pro tour. Right All right, we'll, we'll be back after this with more Top 8 Magic. In case we didn't mention it, Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores here for Top 8 Magic. Welcome to Canada, which is outside, inside. I don't know, listening to Christmas music in late <laughs> January. <laughs>